0: Alright, let's do it! Episode 4. It's about 3.06 p.m. on a Wednesday. What is it? April? No. June, July, August. It's the other A month. Why would they make two? August, April. It's confusing. Let's try that again, huh? It is 3.07. April, the 11th, 2021, and this is the Whatever With Christopher podcast. I am Christopher, duh, and um, yesterday's episode, episode three, that was a disaster, wasn't it? Wow. Wow. Yeesh. This thing has been a steep learning curve, but it's out there. The mistakes are out there for you to view. I'll tell you what, I had nothing to talk about. I had no notes, no ideas written down. I thought, oh, I got this. I got this. I can do this. <laughs> but... No. You never know. So, today, I have my phone on silent. Thank you. I got the gain of the microphone pushed back to medium, because that high gain kept, uh, sturgling when, um, when I kinda got close to it and said a few S sorts words. So, we're back to medium game. I'm going to punch it up and post as I do, so, whatever. Yeah, see, you got a bit of a popping issue. I got the little hat on the microphone, but I'm going to need a pop filter at some point. Alright, don't push your pops out there. I'm sorry if I've just blown up your speakers. Hopefully this is compressed enough where, um, that kind of thing doesn't happen. But I'm not a professional at this point, so, I don't know, send me a bill. Got my coffee. Instant, as always. I've also got a glass of water, and um, I put sugar in my coffee today, not that erythritol stuff, because I think I I I kept salivating after my coffee, and I had to kept, had to kept surreptitiously sort of sucking it back into my mouth, which was disgusting, and I think... I think I might have got away with it for most of the time. But see, it's happening now. So clearly it's not the sugar. It's just the fact that coffee's delicious. It makes me salivate. So I'm hoping the water will kind of balance that out. I don't know. Will chewing gum fix that? Clearly not. That'll cause more problems than it creates. But anyway, here we are. How are you doing? How's your week or weekend going? Depending on when you're listening to this. At the time of this recording, this podcast has zero listeners. So, um... That's been interesting. Um, It's got zero contributors, uh, as far as the the, the Patreon thing got. And it's got zero people who email in and say things. That's not going to be like that forever. But, um, you know, we're four days in. So it's kind of weird talking into the void. And it is a void at the time of this recording. It is a sheer, pure, dark void. As far as this podcast is concerned. I'm the last man on earth. Welcome to the podcast. I don't know what the show's about yet, but after yesterday's struggle to, uh, to make a show, I, um, I wrote down some things. I wrote down some talking points that I just came up with across the day. So that, that's a relief. But anyway, we should probably get into it because I'm just trying to make up the time. Speaking of the time, I got to mark the time. Let's uh, put an hour on the clock here. People who've listened to every episode so far know exactly what I'm doing right now. And for those just joining us, I'm not going to tell you. It's a secret. It's a Seacrest. Do you think Ryan Seacrest says that to people? Says that to girls and stuff? She's like, oh my god, what are you wearing under those underpants? That doesn't make sense. Under those jeans. And he'd be like, yeah, it's a sea crest. So that kind of highbrow humor here that we've come to expect. I'm glad you joined us today. I'm in my dark room. It's particularly dark today because it's raining outside. <laughs> it's raining. Oh no, not the rain. I've just put the laundry out. Oh, what was I thinking? I've gotta take it in. Oh, quick. Quick, get out there, Suze. It's getting wet. I've got a lamp on. Um, hopefully I'm gonna that's gonna give me a little little uh moody ambient boost, you know, a little little orange glow in this room of mine slash studio now. How far the show has come? I've got my headphones on that I borrowed. <laughs> uh I've put the microphone on a shoebox. I put a laptop next to that shoebox. It, it's it's a it's a quality uh, system here. Should I photograph myself wearing a mask to show that I'm being safe? I don't like that. I don't like people do- wearing masks unnecessarily, and uh, sort of showing how uh, how helpful they are. It's it's phony, but you know the world's full of that right now. Social media is full of phonies. A lot of people are doing phony stuff right now. A lot of you are, and you don't even realize it. Just try to figure it out. Try to attack your own phoniness and reduce it in your life, because... We only go around once. (laughs) Anyway, back to the rain. I've been thinking about the rain. Oh, I hate the rain. Oh, I can't do anything. Here in Melbourne, Australia, Victoria in general, you know, the lower part here, it's uh it's roughly rainy for about three months of the year. You know, it's, it's winter. It's cold and it's rainy, generally speaking. And it still amazes me the amount of people who talk to me and say... <laughs> it amazes me the amount of people who talk to me. The amount of people who, when they're talking to me, Say, oh, I just, I just get really down during the winter. I, I just get really depressed. You know, I'm just. I think I've got, I've got, I I've got seasonal affective disorder. You know, I, I think that's my problem. Like, it's not diagnosed, but I'm just. I read a lot of articles, and I'm just pretty sure. Don't, you don't want to be that way. If you have it, that's very sad. <laughs> See what I did there. Um, but. If you're entertaining the idea of you being completely useless and sad for the next three months over winter, don't do it. Try to rise above it. Try to find the good things about winter. Don't you enjoy the coziness? The hot stewy meals? The heaters? The cuddling up to people? The blankets? The TV? The TV that you have more of a license to watch at nighttime now because it's raining outside. Don't you enjoy having people over and having them forced to be indoors? Oh, I can't catch that tram now. It's raining too hard. I'll drop you home in a bit. Just give me another half an hour. Let's watch another episode of Black Mirror. Let's do that. Okay. Don't embrace it. Again, if you have it. If it's a real thing, which it probably is. You have my sympathies. But try to rise above it. Don't give yourself an excuse to be a piece of shit. Don't give yourself an excuse to be kind of mean to people either and to be uh, a bad company and and sort of moody walking around sapping everyone's energy moo don't be that way you create your own reality eventually you know there's been many instances in the in the world where people have taken medication for their mood and you know for their mental well-being for years and years, decades and decades, and they just I just need it. It's just I have this and I have that, I have to do it. But there's actually a period where 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 the need for such pills long passes and this person gets back on their feet. Should they not then go off the medication? I think in many cases they should, and they don't. Because they've accepted this reality. I'm beginning to sound like a Scientologist now, but hopefully you catch my drift. I kinda like the the, the weather. I kinda like going out for my walks. I walk a lot because I kept kind of hurting myself when I was exercising. So I decided just to walk for about two or three hours, just about every day. And that's how I'd get my exercise until I sort of built up a bit more resilience and lost a bit of weight and and got uh, more powerful. And on those work walks, uh, it's nice because if you if you just walk through the city, through the back streets, there's not many cars out. There's not many people out, they're all on the running tracks, and they tend to shy away from it when it's raining and when it's cold and when it threatens to rain. And then you have the place to yourself, and if you rug up, you can control what temperature you are. Just a, a scarf and a pair of gloves can turn almost any outfit into a weatherproof, self-warmed experience. And honestly, how many times have you been caught out in the rain and you've sort of ducked into a cafe uh, to see out the, the the rain and found it was a really nice place and you got to have a really nice chat with someone that you were there with and a really nice meal or like a little cannoli or something. I'm speaking from experience here, but maybe maybe even know how had that experience, but I recommend it. I recommend opening your mind to uh, to rolling with the punches, to seeing where the the environment of the moment takes you. And that's very fun. Anyway. Spring seems to be coming. Some flowers are blooming. We're getting these sunny days. Right now it's raining. It's raining and I've become terrified of recording this podcast. Mostly after yesterday. I got to shake off those those ugh, those vibes. The the prospect of doing this every roughly every day. For an hour. Is uh, is daunting. It's um. Especially it's a, it's a hell of a thing to do. Uh, by yourself. I don't know if it's possible. Especially I don't, I don't know if this. I don't know if this is going to be even the slightest bit entertaining. I don't know if I keep doing it. That talking alone in a room will become interesting. I don't know how much preparation I need to do for that. I don't know how good I'll become at talking off the cuff. For this time. But I'm interested to see where it takes me. And how I fit into this mold that I'm creating myself. I don't know. I'm sorry if I talk about the podcast too much. It's just—it's really been a fascinating experience for me so far. It really has. When I grew up, you know, in the 90s and early 2000s, there was really no way to get yourself out there publicly. It, it, you had to go through the system. And you have to play by their rules and not do the job you want to for years and years until they pushed you up there. And if you listen to people on broadcast radio, for example, most of them are dead boring. They are so broad and so phony and so controlled and self-censored. It's mostly unlistenable. I get that there's a certain skill to keeping things punchy and keeping talking. Skills that I don't have as of yesterday, but damned if I wouldn't hate that experience. And you work so hard for it to do it. I'm sure it pays very well and everything, but um, the relevance of it is dying out. And I wonder. I wonder what what a famous uh, you know those kind of those kind of uh, presenters, the ones that it takes so long for them to get a radio career. They're all about forty eight, and they dress them up to look about twenty six. And put them on billboards. There's a guy and a girl and they got their arms folded and, uh, you know. <laughs> 106.19. The shot FM. It's, it's, it's never usually good, is it? It's never good. Out here, Hamish and Andy are sort of the kings, aren't they? Or they at least were, last I checked. They're pretty good. They really are. I enjoyed their stuff a lot, but... Again, I would hate to be restricted. I'm sure it's a great career and a great life. So again, it is fascinating for me to go through this process and to instantly have the option, have the possibility, have the growing power to reach what's, what's the highest rated podcast in the world? Potentially hundreds of millions of people. I don't see that happening anytime soon, or maybe not even at all, but... It is out there in a public sphere uh, sphere that can be picked up by any person with the means. And there are a lot of people with the means. I'm just sitting out there in a very dense, long market, just waving my little flag, saying, Come listen to my podcast. I talk about stuff. Just in this sea of voices. But, you know, when it comes to penguins, they can discern their young's cry from tens of thousands of penguins and find it. And they can never tell the difference between each other. I don't know how. All penguins look the same to me. Even the species tend to. Blasphemy, says the naturalist, says the animal scientist, the zoologist. What do they call them? I don't know. The penguin specialist. Anyway, I'll tell you I, I gotta say, I gotta say, my room is a mess, and it's not the reason that you think. Doctors hate me. It's not that my room is a mess; it's cluttered. There's too much stuff in here for the size of the room. It is. I'm not. I'm at the point where I'm not sure what to do about it. I don't have anywhere else I can put this stuff but i i've thrown out 50% of my stuff in the last 3 years i used to be really into that show um that podcast the minimalist's podcast you might have seen their movie on netflix i found that really helpful cuz i i realized i held on to things a bit like i inherited that sort of thing from my mother and my grandmother who um my grandmother lived through the through the war in in london and um Understood, understood scarcity, you know, and uh, and and that everything had a use, and that a lot of things lasted a long time back there, back then, and so she kept everything and repurposed everything and reused everything and sold everything and bought everything, and I think it's trickled down to me a bit, especially now that we're uh, sort of these generations are more about environmentalism. It's sort of a similar uh, system. So, um, you, you want to conserve things. You want to buy things that last. You want to find homes for things. You don't want things to end up in landfill or in the sea or in the stomach of a seagull or anything like that. So I realized I was a bit of a pack rat, as they say on the minimalist Podcast. And since then, I've gotten rid of 50% of what I was holding on to. A lot of it was stuff I didn't want, I didn't need. Some of it I actually regret getting rid of, but I have pictures of it. I took a picture. This is a pro tip. If you want to get rid of something... But you have sentimental attachment to it, if you have that, if you hold those two ideals in your head, take a picture of this thing, you will then have, take video of it, take a thousand pictures of it, these things take up very little space, especially now they're digital, and then you'll have the memory of it, and that'll never die, and I'll I'll remember, I'll remember the the small wooden airplane my father carved for me when I was a little boy. Why I threw that out, I'm not sure. I guess I was just I was in in the in the motion of it, but I regret it a little bit, and I'll get over it. <laughs> but I mean, isn't that a beautiful thing? I, mean, I guess it's just just anything that's wooden and carved by your father. It, it could be a wooden carved train, you know, the classic Santa Claus toy that no one actually wants. But it, it's it's hard to get rid of something like that. But I photographed it, and so I'll never forget what it looks like, as long as I have that picture. And I'll remember. And I'm grateful to him. For, for making something like that for me. That's the one thing, out of thousands of things that I threw out. Boxes of things. I tried to donate them, I tried to sell them. Some of my stuff was worth a stupid amount of money. I had one of those uh, Master Chief helmets. The, f- from the Halo games they 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 packaged them and gave them out when they sold Halo 3. My friend had this special edition and uh he gave that thing to me eventually because he wanted to get rid of it. I held on to it for years because I thought it might be worth something one day. Eventually I finally sold it. It went for like $200. For a piece of plastic junk that my friend gave to me. I gave him some money. I I bought I bought him dinner, I think, because uh <laughs> because come on. That's a good bounty. And um I had a model of a of a Ferrari, like a metal model that would that could have fit in the palm of my hand. I think it was a Ferrari, Ferrari F40 for those who care, you know. It's a, a 90s toy that I wanted when I was a kid. I mean it was a you know, it was a nice diecast model that but... This thing sold for like 40 bucks again in my pocket. It's so good. Uh I had toys based off the Robot Wars uh <laughs> robots. Like that that uh competition show and again 30 bucks here and there i had a set of bionicles <laughs> a pretty good set again 30 bucks like this is this is not money to joke at. this is if you if you are poor that's like a week's worth of groceries 30 australian dollars it's not a, it's not a great crop but um it'll get you somewhere it's it's a a couple of six packs of beer that's good um so there are many ways to get rid of things. Is this recording? It better be. All right. Cool. Um, I feel like I can't hear. As soon as I bring my head off, I feel like I can't hear myself. That's the monitor, I guess. But as of now, it's still, the room is still cluttered. And I'm just trying to think. I'm targeting and trying to improve everything in my life, right? We all should be doing this. I've done so much work on the room and on the things of perfecting. It's been a long road, so I think I tend to kind of put that in the backbone of my mind, thinking I've sort of arrived somewhere. I've arrived at a place of relative dignity in my room and in my space. But it still looks like a barracks. And I imagine a lot of people who live in barracks say, "Oh, I don't think so. Barracks are spotless. You have to be able to bounce a penny off the sheets. But you know what I mean. Like, it's just tools, things, and a bed. And I need to get rid of the tools. You know, I need to make this more of a visual space. More of a, 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 a place of play and of of a, sort of a social place. A nice place to look around, to cast my eyes across. Because, you, know, you know, people... People who are single and are renting places tend to do a lot of, you know, like their kind of office work and their important work of their lives in their room. It's always, every, every, every 20-something, 30-something, beyond even, they've got a home slash office. Kids in high school have a home slash office. A lot of the time they've got their own computer now. So you have to make this place nice because it, it will give you a, a healthy mind to cast your eyes across this place and see just lamps and plants and and clean surfaces and not a bunch of junk sort of stacked up in boxes on one side of the room so what's to be done I know I know buying self-storage buying space in a self-storage facility is a dirty sort of a dirty word now or a dirty term but I think it has its place and this place in my life is that there's literally nowhere else I could put it all, all the storage is full of garden tools. This, this is a small place, so I might have to look into that, and then I'll be able to like design this room from the ground up. I kind of had this fantasy I'd turn it into a room like uh, there, there would be like a like an echo of post incident Chernobyl in there, like sort of this like eighties Soviet concrete white crumbling but with plants coming through the glass sort of vibe. But, but that... That, but nice. Not decrepit and falling apart. But just the idea of that. Because there's so much beauty in those, those pictures of Chernobyl. Of nature taking back Chernobyl over the years. And of that, that whole aesthetic. There's something beautiful about... I don't know. The, the, the aesthetic of pure construction. Pure, cheap, simple, communist <laughs> construction has kind of aged beautifully in a way like it's a little it's a little uh it's a little offbeat it's a little it's got a little edge to it, but it can, it's all about the dressings and how you dress it up and I don't know it's something about the sunlight coming through the windows seeing old decaying murals on the walls and plants coming through the windows beautiful plants by the way coming through Chernobyl's like a forest and a city at the same time now. You can go online and search out pictures uh, that people have taken throughout the years because they they really... They they change a lot. It's been a long time now since uh, the reactor melted down and everyone was forced to evacuate. The series really got me into this for the second time. Um, The Chernobyl series with um, all those English actors. But... The... What am I trying to say? Yeah, it's... The pictures were first taken something like five to seven years after the place was evacuated, after uh, Pripyat and Chernobyl and whatever was evacuated, and just to see the the same places get visited, and and there are various states of of uh, decay in the uh, the infrastructure there. Just to see that over the years, you can you can really get inspiration on. Uh, on decorating, in my mind. I don't know why. And, uh, it, it's... It is a good way to decorate, like, getting all new things, getting all Ikea things. Ikea. Ikea. That shit does not last if you try to move it. And it wobbles. I, Ikea... Is, is, is Ikea a Swedish word? I forget what it means. Does it mean simple? Does it mean compact or cheap or whatever? There should be, like, a little parenthesis below it, and it just says wobbly furniture like Ikea is Swedish for wobbly furniture because a lot of it is and I know there's a lot of good stuff out there I personally have their garlic crusher that they sell and their ladle that they sell those things are tight they are so sturdy I freaking love them the 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 garlic crusher was made in India so good for you India you make a solid garlic crusher I've seen some things made in India they make some good stuff they really do they make some good bicycles and typewriters and Typewriters? No, I think sewing machines is what I'm thinking of. Trains, scooters, they make some heavy-duty... It does kind of remind me of uh, of the stuff the Soviet Union used to build. They, they built stuff to last. And look, I'm not a communist. I'm not. But I appreciate a nation that tells its companies, or whatever, to build something that lasts. Those things are pretty cool. You know, the uh, Soviet cameras have this interesting history. We're talking film cameras. So after World War II, the Soviets uh, rolled through Germany, right? They seized the Contax factory, which was a, a company making these fine 35mm cameras, right? They seized it, and they took the dies or whatever and the and the workers and or, or something like that and shipped it all off to uh Kiev, Russia, I'm pretty sure. And they made these same they just copied and made these same cameras. And they made them for decades. They didn't have there was there was basically zero innovation in the uh the camera industry as time went on. Even in the 80s somewhere around the 80s and 90s they were still selling cameras that used 1950s technology, or, or 1930s technology in that case, of the Contacts Factory. They were just using old copied designs from German, who at the time was the world leader in camera design, before uh, Japan sort of uh, took over and figured out how to do it better and cheaper and all those things, arguably. So yeah, So just imagine 1985, a Soviet Russian journalist, or just a Soviet journalist, using 1950s camera technology in a time when when there was automation in these, these film cameras, and um, a lot of the things were done for you, and a lot of these, it was, it's just, it's crazy, just that they went by, I'm sure a lot of them probably got uh, black market or got some kind of deal where they just got stuff from Japan and stuff from uh the uh the capitalist countries, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. Why I said that, I don't know. But anyway, back to the room. Back to the room. We're on a whole, whole Soviet tangent here. So I think if I get some money together, I might have to send some of this stuff to a storage facility because I want it all. I really think I do. I want... Alright, alright, let's be Let's be fair. I want nearly all of it. I'm sure I can probably go through and make a few more decisions. But there's not much left in here. It's just that it's a small room. It doesn't really lend itself to any kind of storage. What is it? Is it a 4 meter by 4 meter room? With a high ceiling? Like a 4 meter ceiling? It's It's kind of a cube. I live in a cube. It's... Yeah, I just want room to kind of make it a space, you know? Make it a beautiful... Space where I can have people can hang I've got this nice chair i've got a desk this this chair was a dream come true this is this is what I do right I was on a walk I was walking up to the m c g the Melbourne cricket Ground, which is our big stadium here in Melbourne or one of our big stadiums there's also the marvel arena I think after the uh, Marvel film studios so there's there's our level of marvel penetration in this country um as I was getting close to the MCG, there are some apartments there. And just sitting out by the curb on the on the city street was this tall-backed, leather-cush-looking office chair. And it was just pristine. I immediately saw it from a distance, and I was like, I gotta have it. I gotta get in this office chair. I gotta get it home. This is mine. It's mine. I gotta, I gotta see if it's good. So I just, like, honed in on it. And I... Th- I th- I, this is my first time around the block, so I had a feel of it, I had a look at it, I made sure it wasn't torn up, I made sure it wasn't broken. Often what happens is that some something in the, the base, something in that base piston or, or reclining thing is broken, but no, nothing was. It looked like it had been used for a week and just cast out on the street. So I finished my walk, got home, and then at about three in the morning, when I felt like it. I drove back over there and stuffed it into my small convertible, <laughs> which I tried. I think part of it was sitting in my lap. I got it home, cleaned it up, you know, got, got, a, got, a, got a washcloth, got a uh, some detergent, and some water, and I just wiped it down and then I hosed it off and left it out until it dried. Just, just in case, you know, people do a lot of stuff on their office chairs. Just that peace of mind, just taking back ownership of it is uh it helps okay anyway now I'm sitting on it, and it is i don't know this is probably like a one hundred to two hundred dollar office chair australian that's that's probably like i don't know it's probably like seventy five u s just just for reference something along those lines a lot of the a lot of this kind of stuff is just out there. Uh, it's just a matter of you wait for it. (laughs) I think I waited two years to find an old-fashioned bread bin, um, out there. So, I I just, again, people are just throwing this stuff out, and often you can get it for a song, or for free, in this case. So, that part is covered. I got my office chair. Was that an interesting story? Of office chair, um, acquirement? Acquire- Acquisition. Join Christopher Halliday at the Whatever With Christopher podcast for fascinating tales of office chair acquisition. Monday to Friday. Um, so I was out drinking with my friends, right? And there's this office chair. And I and she hasn't seen me yet. And so I walk up to her all confident like. And uh, you know, she's just sitting there gleaming. And I, I turns her around, and she starts spinning, and I put my hand on her to stop it spinning, and I I'll sit down, and I, and I pull the lever, and I lean back, and I think, oh boy, oh in for it now. This is a comfy office chair, and the rest is history. <laughs> So I was at the hairdressers and, and I see they're throwing out this barber stool. <laughs> this will be the podcast. It's all about getting free chairs. It's the free chair podcast. If you have a if you have a you know, if you have a story about uh finding a free chair and uh, a, a good experience, please email me at um whatever with Christopher, one word. Whateverwithchristopher at gmail.com. I'd love to hear it. Let's make that a thing. I think the water helps. The water helps me stop uh, drooling in my mouth from uh, sort of tasting delicious coffee. i going to taste for this instant, I gotta say. Uh, <laughs> oh, he is itchy. Mmm. So I might have to do it. Anyway, we keep coming back to the storage thing. I think I've said all I can about it, about on the topic. How far in are we, huh? By my count, about 30 minutes. By the recorders, what? 33? Huh. Okay. Well, we're halfway through. Alright, I hope it's been fun. Um, this probably be good, since I've just mentioned the email, I'm going to mention the, the Patreon. I think if you search, uh, if you type in whatever with Christopher into Patreon, to the search bar... You'll be able to find the podcast. It's the one with the terrible banners that just say whatever with Christopher. And they're sort of chopped off here and there. Because I don't know what's wrong with that system. If you can help me. Send, send an email. Or something. If you've got some graphics. If you feel like contributing in any way. Or if you just want to say something. Just send me an email. But anyway. It'd be cool. If you, if you, if you want to stick with the podcast. Maybe send me a little money. Maybe send me like a dollar. Or like a thousand dollars. Somewhere in there. Like a thousand and three dollars. Um, at the moment, I'm trying to get enough doing this podcast to buy my own set of headphones because these are borrowed and they're a little funny, they hurt my ears. That's the experiment. I'm trying to make enough to buy a set of headphones to continue this podcast and build it up. That's what I'm gonna do. So let's let's try and get I don't know, I don't know what, what's, what's a pair of headphones worth a hundred less. Let's try and get that together. That's the experiment. Anyway, I don't expect much, but I'm going to try for the whole world, okay? Still me! (sighs) Okay. It's cold in here. I haven't got the heater on. Got to conserve that electricity. Let's look over to the show notes. Let's see what I can talk about, huh? You know, I I mentioned, um, I got a convertible. (laughs) Hang on. Oh, God. Talking so much. It stirs up things. I have a convertible. Um, It's a Saab 9.3 two-door turbo convertible in uh, sort of a charcoal gray or road gray. It's an interesting shade of gray. It's from the year 2000. I bought it for... $1,400 $1,400 Australian, not much I bought it on eBay, on a whim I won the bid and uh, I looked at my phone I was all tired after finishing my shift in the cafe managing it and um, I realised that this thing was selling from Sydney which for reference is about a thousand kilometres north from here I think 800 to a thousand kilometres north a 12 hour drive, roughly so I was like, oh my I've Bought a car that's not in my city Luckily it was the weekend So I booked my I realised I could book a cheap flight up there And just drive it back Over my weekend And still make it back on Monday in time for work again So I did this I flew over there I stayed with a friend who I knew in Sydney overnight And in the morning I took a bus out And picked up my car and handed over a wallet full of uh, Money uh, Envelope full of money And I got this thing I wasn't expecting a lot, but I got less than expected. I started driving this thing and black smoke started pouring out the exhaust pipe. Like, it looked like a choo-choo train, okay? It was embarrassing because I had the top down and I couldn't figure out how to get it back up again. So I was sitting out there styling, you know, all happy I got my new car, trying to drive back home. Sydney has a lot of tunnels. So I was driving through the tunnels. For two hours in peak hour traffic. Smoke was shooting out. My top was down. Everyone could see me. At some point, a plumbing van drove up against... This is on the freeway. Drove up alongside me, doing 100 kilometers an hour, just like I was. Real fast. That's about 60 miles an hour. And he looks out my window and goes, Hey, mate! And I'm like, yeah? And he goes, your car's a piece of shit! Ha <laughs> ha He just starts driving around me. He's filming me on his phone while driving. What a bastard. I felt pretty bad in that moment. But it made for an okay story, I guess. Damn. And he just kept... I wonder where that video is now. Like, fucking noob has shitty convertible car (laughs) on freeway. The first guy that actually said something to me from the car, he, is your car all right, man? I think he was Irish. He's like, is your car all right? I said, I just I just bought it. I don't know, but thank you. I'm aware it's belching smoke. All right, mate. by, You know, it was like that. I had a 12-hour drive ahead of me. I started driving home. This car had a CD player. It had no way for me to kick my uh, iPod or iPhone up to it and play music. So I put on the radio and search around. Pretty quickly, the Spice Girls comes on. Wannabe. Yo, tell me what I want, what I really, really want. So tell me what you want, what you really, really want. That's a great song. Okay, I grew up with that song. And I think it's a great song. Send me buddy down and wind it all around. Send me a buddy down oh, Ah. If you want to be my lover. So I, I jammed along to that. After about an hour, the, the black smoke subsided. The car was still driving. I was thrilled. I started driving along the highways to get home. The car... Kept going. It did. I stopped for fuel at one point, and for a break. I, I looked at the tyres. Two of them were completely flat. I, I plugged the tyre the, 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 the inflator up to it. It was at 1 psi. It should be about 33. But it was still going. So I filled it up. the filled the wheels up and I just kept going. Hopefully I didn't, I'm lucky I didn't have an accident or something, you know. um, You don't want to be rolling around on bad tires. Check your air, people. Night came and I rolled up up home. I didn't tell my family what I was doing. (laughs) I was living at home. My mom came out. She didn't know who was here. I had the roof down again because I'm styling. And she's like, what's this? Oh, what's that? <laughs> and I was like, "Look, it's my car!" Like, oh, oh, cool! It's really sexy. Well, <laughs> <laughs> my mom always says my car, my like some cars are sexy. She's like, it's sex, a sexy car." <laughs> That's a pretty good impression. Of my mom. Anyone who's met my mom knows she sounds like that. Oh, <laughs> great! <laughs> Hello. So, um, <laughs> some deep cuts for you there, impressions-wise. My mum so it was a it was a good experience, and the car was a bit of a heap, but you know if a couple of thousand dollars of repairs, and it started to come together. This was four years ago, four or five years ago, and I've still got this car now. I think when you buy a car you should you should you should think about what you need first of all right you should think about what car suits your needs, and be honest with yourself. Don't get a four-wheel drive, a huge, big, 90s four-wheel drive with, like, a V8 engine if you just drive around the city. Don't do it. I don't know why I'm doing so much Cockney accent today. I like their style. But figure out that first. Then don't get some bland car of the people, cheap people mover. Because, as I've experienced, you can get a 20-year-old car that kind of had a little pizzazz, a little heated seats, a little luxury, a little fun, a little sexy for, like, very cheap. And it'll have all the mod cons. It'll have power power air brakes. (laughs) Power air brakes. Power uh, steering, anti-lock brakes, cruise control, power windows, all that stuff that you couldn't actually really get very often on a car that was built uh, around 2000 or earlier. I just, I hate making purchases that are purely just just purely functional cuz i feel like life is about exuberance just a just just a little bit it's about enjoyment i get enjoyment out of having a car with a little extra something a car with a with a purpose with a bit of life into it with a bit of ah. just just something just a car after all these things can take us all the way across the country with very little sh- little issue I just think they should have a little you know, it's like what Doc Brown says in Back to the Future. Have you gotta build a time machine? Why not get some style? I agree, I agree with that. But, you know, let's let's talk about cars instead. It's doing something like that totally can derail me sometimes. Um This sucker is nuclear! Doc Doc, wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you telling me the sucker is nuclear? I love that movie. I love Marty McFly. What's his name? I don't know. I forget his I forget the guy's name. Michael J. Fox. Oh my god, Doc, (laughs) this is heavy. Um Yeah. I think, a, I think a car should have a little pizzazz. I think it should be a little bit special. And so I just get older stuff. I think... Uh, I just hate these depressing, ugly, tiny cars that people insist on rolling around in when they could get something a little bit more fun. I just think you should inject a little joy and a little testosterone or a little estrogen into your, into your car purchase, alright? Hopefully the reasons I've outlined are the reason why. But anyway, that's a whole different thing. Right now, the roof won't, won't, won't uh, open up on my car, so I feel kind of stupid sometimes. I should really get that fixed because it is fun. It is fun rolling around when the weather's good, just rolling around with your head out in the sky. That's a great feeling. Just, just that freedom, just that openness. And I'm tall, I'm like six foot four, so uh, my head tends to scrape up on the roof of a lot of older cars. Having that roof down makes me feel good, man. Anyway, I gotta talk about the car all the time. Where are we at? Forty minutes We're powering through. I think this is this podcast is a lot better than yesterday. I think by posting it, hopefully I've learned my lesson. I'm sure there's a lot more lessons I'll have to learn, and I'm sure I'll have to learn more of a few of them a few more times. But here we here we are. I'm tr- I, I like I like the idea of relating to you, but it's hard to talk about someone who could be anyone. All all that I always think of is is asking you about your work and about um, getting through a week. But it, it's it's I don't have a script for it. In my mind. I want to ask you, how you doing? <laughs> How's your boss treating you? Do you have a good boss? Or do you have a boss you hate? And if so, is your hate entirely justified? Being a boss is hard. Because people tend to hate you, regardless. Even if you try to be nice. People hate the person who controls them. And a boss kind of has to control people a little. They have to rein them in. Anyway, think about that. I don't know. Email me. Please email me. Emails? Please, sir. May I have some emails? You'll get no emails. No one listens to your show. Away with you! And so began the story of Oliver Email. I was thinking today I should put some music at the start of this show. I thought it was stupid at first and that that music is kind of a subjective thing and... And people tend to. Uh, a lot of people can get turned off by specific music. Like I'm not. I'm not really in love with the idea of music beds, just little things going, just underneath while I'm talking. I feel like that's just like like needless. Uh, sort of a, a needless juicing of of the current uh, of, the, of the of the of the material being presented. I don't wanna. I don't wanna paint myself into a corner as far as like style goes. But I think I was thinking about the intro music to a lot of podcasts that I enjoy and they kind of got me excited and they kind of made me happy because that that familiar song that played every time, that, that little short little ditty, got me excited for, the, for the, the content that was to come. My show was coming on. So I think I might put something together and put that on the start, maybe even on the end of the podcast. Hopefully I can make it in a way that everyone kind of likes it. And see now I'm talking about being broad, but maybe in a different way, maybe in a more thoughtful way rather than a get everyone to listen kind of way. It's a complicated dance trying to be great and trying to trying to, trying to cast off all the all the, the things you find crappy about current um entertainment. It's an exciting world out there. Podcasts, YouTubers are doing are making things up as they go along and uh it turns out you can make a show about just about anything. Yesterday I talked about getting up roofs. And uh, it's kind of a shame because it was on the terrible podcast um, that I'm being so hard on. And um, I did like talking about that. And um, I would like some feedback on that at some point. <laughs> so skip through the, uh, the, the episode three if you want to learn all about getting up roofs with Christopher. That idea. Or what? listen to the whole thing and tell me what it was like being punished by a person who doesn't know what to say for an hour. We're at about 45 minutes. We're getting close. Alright, should I go to the board? Should I go to the notes and pick up something new to talk about? Maybe I should. I don't want to run out of these things. Hopefully I keep coming up with them. God, doing a daily podcast for an hour is so hard. <laughs> Let's have a look here. I already talked about that. <laughs> I got I got a question for you. Do any of you ever, you, when you just sort of idle, do you, do you ever take a piece of material of your clothing and uh, t- twist your finger up into it and make a little finger thimble of your clothing and then just look at it and wiggle it? Just clothing thimbles. If not, do it. It's a good way to fidget. Take your finger, you put it in the inside the edgy clothing and then twist it 180 degrees. And then your finger has a hat. <laughs> You're welcome. Can you believe that was actually written on my list? I was desperate. These are the thoughts of a desperate man. Anyway, did I tell you about? Oh man, speaking of going on walks, did I tell you about the walk I went on the other day? If not, I'll tell it again. I went on a walk the other day. Didn't I? Did I, um, I was walking around. It was nighttime, okay? I was walking around this industrial area in uh, Melbourne's West. And uh, I passed by this, this building with uh, windows, and in each window is an apartment, you know? And I'm looking up, and there's a there's a a girl making food in her kitchen against the window, and she's got her hair up in a bun, and you know just her home clothes on. She's gotten comfortable, you know. That's what we do. We get home, we stop looking good if it makes us comfortable. That's the way to go. So she was doing that. I'm like, ah, oh, she's cooking, you know, like whatever. And then I scanned to the next window to the left, and there's another kitchen in that window. I think it's a different place. It, it was a different place. So in there is a kitchen as well and a dining room table. And there's a bunch of steam against the windows. And I'm thinking, why is there much steam? Why, is it, why are the windows all fogged up? Maybe this girl's like steaming something. Um, or whoever's in there is steaming something. And then just a buck naked young woman walks out against the window and checks on something in the kitchen and i was like oh she's naked oh boy <laughs> that was my reaction oh jeez i got to get out of here can you get canceled in public for looking and then someone naked walks in front of your eyes i don't know i think she was you know young not too young you know 20s attractive built nice i didn't look for very long my goddamn i i but i knew she was naked the instant i saw her it was she was just walking out there confident it was a beautiful thing just to see someone walking around naked but I didn't tarry. <laughs> I think she might have seen me, and I saw her, and I just, de- way down there, you know, she was on the third floor or whatever, and I, j- I turned my back and I just kept walking. That kind of thing happens a lot if you walk around in the city. More than you think. People do just walk naked in front of their windows, and I'm sure they get seen very little. Um, after all, who's walking around an in industrial estate at around 7.30 at night? Not that many people. But that happens, man. I've passed windows in the city on two or three separate occasions and men have just been jerking off at a chair in the window. One guy who was doing it had an American flag on the wall in the background. What does that mean? I don't know, but I want to find out. I want to learn everything about this man. Was that deliberate? Was I supposed to see? In some cases, maybe yes. Because I don't think there's... I don't... I think that's legal. I think it's legal if you're in your own home and you. It probably depends how many complaints you get. You know, if you're in your sixth complaint. He's jerking off in the window! I keep seeing him! I just want to buy a baguette down the road. And I see his fucking baguette. I don't know what to do. Maybe then uh, someone will do something about it, but. Look through any window, yeah. What do you see? People jerking their baguettes Women naked in steamy rooms Moving on their way Walking down the byway and the highway Where did they go? I always think of that song, that sixties song by the Hollies. Um (laughs) whenever I'm walking down the street and I see something like that some shit like that. Look through any window, yeah. Any time of day Don't do that. It's risky. See the fathers down the road, burning down the heavy load, but you they go, moving on their way, boom, boom, walking down the highway and the byway. It's a great song. Look through any window, yeah. What do you see? Holy shit! Smiling faces all around. <sighs> I'm entertaining myself here. Maybe that's a good sign. Maybe I'm entertaining you for the first time. I don't know. I'm doing this podcast in a vacuum. I got no listeners. I'm a man without a country. Without a community. What's to be done? 50 minutes! Man, I'm just checking the clock every 5 seconds now. I don't want to bring up too many uh, uh, topics, you know? I don't want to burn through them. But I did come up with those topics in like 5 seconds. Will new, topics, will new topics present themselves to me? I don't know. I'm not doing much right now. There's a lockdown. I'll tell you what, you know? I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I'm going for a job interview tomorrow. That's right. I'm, I've am i got that interview. I don't know what the legality is about uh, me going for a job interview during the lockdown. But to me, this is pretty damn important because I need to work. Because I am broke. And, um... I mean, if I was working at that job, I'd probably be doing it anyway. Because I think moving someone's house is essential, essential right? So um, I'm going for one of those jobs tomorrow. And uh, I think if I see... If, I, think, I think the fact that I need this money and I need this job to pay uh, my bills that are coming up. And to keep eating kind of healthy. And <laughs> I'm going to have to get a job. So I, hopefully they, they sense that for me. And they sense my determination. And they give me one. I think I'd be good at this. I'm huge. I can lift. I'm not, I'm not hugely fat or anything. I can lift things. I'm, I'm okay to talk to. Hopefully, you agree. Um, otherwise, what the hell are you listening for? To see a train wreck? How dare you? <laughs> um, and I need to work. I want to work. I want to do this job. You know when you're broke and then you, you get some money... It, it makes so much difference. You can do so much when you go from zero to one in life. I'm so looking forward to that if I can get this job. I'm going to move people's houses. I'm going to do a real job. On the first episode, I talked about cogs. That is, people who do a thing that make a thing that goes in the thing that maybe someone doesn't even need. Cogs. Cogs in the system. And I talked about how I didn't want to be one. Now, there's nothing wrong with being a cog. The world is full of cogs. But I want to I wanna hear what it's like having that kind of job. If you consider yourself a cog, I want you to email me and talk to me about it and, and, and tell me how you feel about that and what meaning the job has to you and what you get out of it. Because I know you get money out of it and I know you can build a very rich and, and, and meaningful life. By having resources. And money is a, is a very transferable resource. But what's it like doing that kind of job? Because I've resisted that kind of job for a long time. And maybe maybe I'm, I'm being too easy on myself. Maybe I've actually had a lot of cog-like jobs that are actually very pointless and useless and unnecessary and opulent and whatever. But I don't know. The idea fascinates me. So I'm going to do this thing. And I know everyone who works is technically a cog in a machine. Um... Even if they're they're a one cog machine, as I am in this podcast right now. I'll tell you, I'm a cog doing this podcast. No one needs this podcast. There's other podcasts out there. But if everyone thought that way, there'd be no art and there'd be no podcasts and nothing. So um, I guess that's capitalism for you, right? There's excess. Enjoy this excess, please. I realized I'm uh, inhaling a lot on the mic. I don't know. That might be my... My sort of anxiety, sort of thing, coming out as I as I talk to nothing. I'm, I keep doing that, you know. I think uh, I resolved at some point to do that instead of sigh all the time because I feel like you are just letting out energy just just letting out energy, just getting rid of it. And if instead you inhale after an awkward moment or whatever, if you make a joke that might be stupid or something that that no one laughs at because there is no one else in the room. See, so yeah, I just did it, and um then you then you build energy and you you get oxygen into yourself and it's kind of a positive uh way of sort of shaking shaking the shit off you so i'm just going to try and do it less because it's not it's not a great audio experience i'm going to try to sharply inhale less maybe i'm not breathing properly on this podcast i don't know it's it's an it's an unnatural thing to do 55 minutes, we're getting so close We really are I'm sorry I'm watching the clock here, I'm sure that's uh, That's that's kind of annoying You probably want to actually lose your track of time This podcast is supposed to make Boring things seem quicker, right? Uh, a lot of the time Well maybe you're sitting down listening to this for pure pleasure That would be a dream But uh, I know what my purpose is here I think it's to get you through things In some way or another <laughs> Douche. Anyway. Let's talk out that. Let's speak out this five minutes here. Let's speak it out. Mm, The coffee's wearing off. Let's have a little water. I want to talk about weight loss and exercise some more. I know on the uh, first or second episode I talked about turning the turning the food ship around. But um, I'd like to do that more because I think the way I'm losing weight is a, and the way I've sort of made my mind uh, comfortable with going down this road has been interesting. And it's probably worth discussing and getting out there because I've not had an easy time losing the weight I want to lose. And now I am having an easy time just out of nowhere. So I'd like to talk about that more in the future, but I don't think we have time with the... uh, what, three minutes a load to me right now? So, let's just kind of wrap it up, huh? Let's kind of wrap it up. Let's get into a wrap-up mode. I'm pulling the pin out of my chair. I'm leaning back. And I'm leaning back in again because I realize I'm too far away from the microphone, I think. Again, uh, let's... I don't I don't want to list the, uh, the names and the things. Oh, by the way, you can find us on uh, Facebook now. Us, me. You can find me on Facebook now. I've got a page. It's called Whatever with Christopher. Surprise, surprise. Uh, search it up on Facebook. I don't know what to do with it, but it exists. You can do stuff on it. You might be able to post on it. I don't know. Check it out and give me advice on it because uh, I, 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 really, I really just open these things and launch them rough and ready um, and then just see how they go and see what happens with it. It's the same with this podcast. I've also now got a Twitter, which terrifies me because I know a lot of the negative things on the internet happen on Twitter. <laughs> But uh, I know it's a very big thing and it's really good for dropping information. And so I have a Twitter now uh, with a link on it to the podcast again. Of course, I talk about how this podcast is ad free, but uh, I've realized that so far it's only on Spotify and Anchor FM, which uh, I think is owned by Spotify and Spotify uh, Standard puts ads on things, I'm pretty sure. But I don't put any ads on things, okay? So if you have Spotify Premium and you listen to this podcast, it should have no ads. If it does, please let me know because I'm trying to create an ad-free block of time for you here, Um, and I'd like to keep it that way because I really, I really hate ads, and um, especially because especially ones that that uh, that that sort of roll, ones that play, and they're made by other people because they really just interrupt. Your show with a bunch of commercial bullshit, and they, 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 they're part of the. They remind you of the old world that you tried to escape by hopefully coming to this podcast. It really bothers me, so um, that's why I have the Patreon again, just for, for people who want to, for people who feel they need to, or whatever. Uh, you can you can send me some money every month, I guess it is. Um, and and likewise, I need advice on these things. Um, or could use it, and I'm asking for it. I'm trying to join podcasting communities. I'm seeing how I can grow the show and change the show as it goes by. I'm, I'm trying to think of this thing as, it a, as, a, as a, a, a glob of, of morphing potential. Anyway, we're coming up right on the hour now. So, I think this is a good time to sign off before this, uh, this show gets too weak. I think we did okay today. I think we, we. I gotta stop saying we. I, I'm, I don't want to pretend I have a staff here, okay? I don't have a staff. Your staff, Master Wizard. Well, oh. oh. you wouldn't deprive a man or old man of his walking stick, would you? Let the wizard keep his staff. Big mistake. Theoden. Alright, anyway, this has been Whatever with Christopher. I'm Christopher. Get my name out there. <laughs> ta ta. with you.